Welcome to Better Since Birth. This is your go-to podcast for unapologetic motherhood and breaking the norms society holds about women. I'm Sarah Nowak, your host, and I'm super excited to have you here. Hello, welcome back to Better Since Birth. Welcome to the second episode. Um, first of all, thank you so much for everyone who took the time to listen to the first episode and who sent me sweet messages. Um, I'm really, really grateful for your support. And today we have a very interesting topic. And the episode is called Overcoming the Fear of Solo Traveling with a Baby or with Your Kids in General. Um, and this is a very interesting one because I get this question so many times, um, just by other moms telling me, I'm so afraid how, like, yeah, how can I possibly overcome my fear of just traveling with a baby? Um, and for me, it was quite natural because I always traveled, um, on my own before and traveling was basically my job as a flight attendant. So, um, Yeah, that was um, really natural for me, but I know from my previous job and from people that I talk to that it's not that natural for everyone. So I'm just um, really trying to dive into what fear means and give you some steps how you can overcome this fear of traveling alone. Um, even if it's not with a baby, even if you just want to take a solo trip, maybe. Um, yeah, I hope this will be helpful. And um, yeah, let's start. So first of all, let's dive into the meaning of fear, because I think fear is a very interesting emotion. Um, by definition, fear is an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So yeah, just let that sink in for a second. <laughs> um, fear is very interesting, in my opinion, because Fear often is irrational. Um, I have many irrational fears. And I know, for example, I'm right here on an island that um, had an earthquake, I think, in 2018. And for whatever reason, I'm just so afraid that there will be an earthquake by the time that I'm here. This is like a completely irrational fear, but yeah, I'm just like, I mean, I'm not thinking about it 24-7, but sometimes it comes up and I'm like, this is why am I thinking about it? It's not even happening right now. So I think that's a good example for what's often happening with fear is that we, um, yeah, that we think of something, any situation, and we think about it in the worst way possible. Um, although we even, it doesn't even happen that way, or it's not even likely to happen that way, but we just want to be prepared for the worst. I think that's what a lot of people, um, are doing that they, whether are prepared for the worst case scenario, then just to think of like, what could possibly be good <laughs> about, about a certain situation. So, I mean, of course, that is something that has protected us as a species for many, many times, that when we have some sort of fear in our system that we go directly into fight or flight mode and we're just like abort mission. Um, but in this case, if you're afraid of traveling alone with a baby or of your kids, 
Um, just try to ask yourself, where is that fear actually coming from? So um, is this fear true? Um, where does this fear origin from? Is this something I experienced in past situations? So for example, let's say you've been traveling alone in the past and you had a very unpleasant situation and you went home or you're even traumatized, which can happen. I talk to people who, um, who had these experiences and it's definitely horrible. I can't, I can't imagine what I would do myself because I was never in a situation where something happened to me um, that was really horrible. But you need to see it also from a different, from a more whole perspective um, because you cannot, I mean, if that's something that happened to you, then of course there's like trauma and um, there's a lot going on. But if that's something, for example, that happened to a friend and this friend just told you, oh, you shouldn't go to, let's say, Mexico because it's so dangerous. I was there and I got robbed or something like that, you know. And then you think to yourself, oh, okay, if she got robbed, I will probably get robbed as well. So I don't go there. But that's not how it works, right? <laughs> um, I mean, of course, some countries are more um, dangerous than others. But just because someone had a certain experience in that one country or in that one place or that certain situation doesn't mean that you will have the same experience. So, yeah, what I want to say is just really ask yourself, where is your fear coming from? Is it coming from something that you experienced in the past? Is it something that comes from that another person experienced in the past? And especially the closer the person is to you, the more likely you are to inherit that fear. Is it something that's even caused by your own upbringing? Let's say, for example, your parents were always like really anxious about you playing alone outside or, um, yeah, just raising you in a way that um, there was a lot of fear. They had a lot of fear themselves, which um, you inherited. Um, so, yeah, just ask yourself, um, where is this fear coming from? And I think that already helps a lot in... And overcoming the fear, because in order to overcome something, you first have to to know what's there exactly, where is it originating from. So yeah, ask yourself that and uh, be very specific about what kind of fear you have. So is it, for example, the fear of failing? Um, is it the fear of maybe not liking it that much? Is it the fear of, I think that's what a lot of people have. They see, for example, someone living that travel life on Instagram, TikTok, wherever. And they're just like really thinking, wow, this is goals. I want to be that person. I want to live that way. But then you end up doing it yourself and you actually realize you don't like it. <laughs> um, I think that happens to many people because actually solo traveling with a baby can be hard. Um, and I think often it doesn't, I mean, of course we, a lot of people only share like the good times on social media and often it's not that way. Like often I'm just, um, my daughter is just crying and I'm just trying to, uh, I don't know, manage everything and just, it's like, it can be completely chaotic. Um, But for me, it's worth it because the good moments overweight. But I think a lot of people can go with a different um, 
expectations into the situation. And yeah, so ask yourself, is it this fear that you think you give up everything for, let's say you go into full-time traveling, um, that you give up everything um, in order to live this life and then you realize you don't like it? And then come up with solutions for these, for these fears. Like, let's say you're afraid of failing. Um, what does failure mean to you? Um, in which ways could you possibly fail while traveling solo with your kids? Um, are you afraid that you cannot take care of them, that you cannot take care of yourself? Or that you can't work while traveling with your kids? So just get really, really specific on what your fear exactly looks like and then you can come up with solutions for these fears you can make a whole plan you can say okay if my fear is i'm afraid of um failing i'm afraid of giving up let's call it giving up i don't believe in giving up but <laughs> let's call it giving up in this context let's say you had a flight booked you didn't like it um there were many problems occurring And you decide to go back home. So maybe there would be giving up or a failure in your eyes, which is it not, in my opinion, because it's still a learning. You still learn that um, something is not right for you or it doesn't even mean that solo traveling with kids is not right for you. It does only mean that in this certain situation, maybe it wasn't the right time, maybe it wasn't the right place, maybe it wasn't the right circumstances, that you listened to your heart and went back home. So that is a huge learning. Um, yeah, so really try to make a plan. Um, what would you do if that fear that you have would actually manifest itself? Um, so yeah, make a plan for it. Let's say your fear is that you run out of money. What would you do when you run out of money? You could start working abroad. You could um, volunteer You could go back home. You could do a fundraising. There are so many different options. So just try to come up with solutions for these fears, for this fear, let's say, that your money runs out. You can come up with like 10 different solutions for this problem that your money runs out. Um, and I feel like once you realize that there are actually solutions to this problem or to this fear, you'll feel much calmer and much more relieved. So, so far we said, define what fear means to you. That's the first step. Then the second step would be to describe your fears. And the third step would be to come up with solutions for these fears. Um, and like I said, there are many different types of fears. Um, get really specific on them and then you can tackle them. Um, I know that a huge fear for many uh, solo traveling moms or parents in general is that the baby isn't safe um, or that you and the baby aren't safe of course like it's to both of you um, and for that I can only speak from my experience like I said there was never any situation where I really didn't feel comfortable um, but of course that can happen and you are going to master it because first of all, it's very unlikely that these situations happen in my opinion. I've been traveling now for a year with my daughter alone and yeah, like I said, I was never really, really in danger. Um, it depends on how well you are prepared as well. 
There are so many steps you can take before traveling to ensure you're safer. For example, I always have my location shared with a friend um, or family. And I always make sure that I'm aware of in which areas I can go outside during, I mean, I'm not even going out at night like that late, but even if the sun sets earlier, for example, here in Indonesia, the sun sets already at 6 p.m. Um, so yeah, I would just make sure that I know in which areas I can still, um, I can still walk like after, after sunset. I mean, that's not a big issue, I believe in Southeast Asia and actually in Southeast Asia, I feel more safe than in Europe. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're not all traveling in the same destination. So I know, for example, that in South America, you shouldn't be walking alone at night with your baby. Um, yeah, in certain areas in Mexico City, let's say. Um, so just try to, yeah, try to prepare yourself really well. If you once know what your fear looks like, um, just try to be really prepared. Try to take all the steps before um, that will, would help you in a certain situation. Um, so one point is safety, um, that many people are afraid of. Then the second point would be getting sick abroad. Um, I was sick and my daughter got sick and I've been through all this. I've been to the hospital with her and I've been to several doctors, um, already abroad and it always turned out fine. Although it, although, yes, I was stressed in the beginning as well. And yes, I was worried as well in the beginning. But actually now I'm just really calm because I know from my past experiences um, that they're really, really capable here and um, that the medical system actually is good if you have a travel insurance. <laughs> I can never, oh my God, I always trust this so much because a travel insurance literally will save you so much money on the long run. Because the um, hospital bills here can get so high. So I had my daughter and me, we needed to stay for one night in a hospital in Thailand. And it was literally a bill of 600 euros. And I was just so glad that I had an, a travel insurance, which cost me like, I think, eight euro a year. So it's not expensive. I'm not sure how it is for other countries, but I'm from Germany. And for me, it's like not expensive to have in a travel insurance. And I just literally cannot stress this enough because one time I um, handed in the bill late and they didn't give me back the money and I had to pay it by myself, which wasn't great, but I learned from it. So yeah, just make sure you have this insurance, make sure to hand in the bill directly and you'll be fine. But yeah, anyways, that's a little side story. <laughs> um, what I want to say before is that if you get sick or if your baby gets sick, you can be rest assured that there will be so many people that are capable of helping you, even if you are in more remote areas. I've never been to a place that, even if it was remote, where there wasn't even a little doctor's office. Um, so, and I've been to really, really remote places. Um, but even if you are staying in some village or just like, I don't know, I stayed, for example, in the mountains of Vietnam once. And, um, even there, there were like doctors who are, you know, I mean, people live everywhere and people need doctors everywhere. So you can be rest assured that there will be someone who's able to help you or your child immediately. 
And even if it's something, it's, it's a bigger issue, there will be no problem to, um, to drive to the nearest hospital or whatsoever. So yeah, just really, just really try to think of these things. Um, like I said, from my experience, even if I got sick, even if my daughter got sick, we always managed it. It always turned out well. Um, and of course, I believe in my experience, it's actually, I mean, it's heartbreaking to see your baby sick, even if it's, let's say, just the flu. But I think the real problem is when you get sick as a mom who is responsible for your child, because you just feel like you need all your energy for yourself and you just need to rest and you just try to make sure that you're getting healthy again. And then there's like this tiny little human who wants your attention and who needs your energy and you just like really torn between everything and can be really exhausting. But yeah, like I said, for me, I, I remember I had uh, once like a really bad flu um, in Vietnam where I was just like really sick for, I think, yeah, it lasted two or three days and my daughter wasn't really sick, so she just wanted to play and do everything. But we just took it slow. We just stayed inside most of the time. We just watched some movies, read some books. You know, you can always adjust these things. Um, even if you're traveling, even if you take a solo trip only, let's say, for, I don't know, two weeks. And you're just like really keen to explore everything, to go out, to see as much as you can. If there are situations coming up where you would get sick or your baby gets sick, of course, you adjust your itinerary. Of course, you're not dragging yourself sick to a waterfall. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, you just have to, to really get clear on the steps you could take if these situations would occur. And that will already help you a lot um, with navigating them. Okay, and then there's also this big fear of flying for many people. Um, trust me, I was afraid of flying before I actually became a flight attendant, which is funny. But um, I used to fly maybe as a kid. I don't know. I can't even remember. Let's say I had four flights, maybe five. Um, okay, maybe actually more. I can't remember. Anyways, like not even 10, I would say. I had a couple of flights before I became a flight attendant. Um, and I was super afraid of flying, like super, super afraid of flying. I was always like, when I just watched, out, uh, looked out of the window, I was just like, oh my God, like I could just literally see in my head how the whole plane just like goes down and crashes. And I was like, how is it possible? How can we be even up in the air? It just doesn't feel natural at all. Um, but yeah, for somehow I just signed up, um, to be a flight attendant <laughs> and during the, um, during the course that we had to undergo in order to be able to work as a flight attendant, I just learned so much about how planes actually work and how unlikely it is that a plane would actually crash. Um, so I remember on my first flight as a flight attendant, I was feeling nervous, of course, because it was my first day on the job, but um, I was also still low-key having this, um, this flight anxiety. Um, but yeah, after this flight, it was just, as soon as we were up in the air, it was just gone. I can't, I don't know. I can't, <laughs> I can't describe it. I think for me, it was really the fact that I learned how, how a plane actually works, how unlikely it is that the plane would actually crash and how, 
yeah, how just um, a plane is able to be up in the air. <laughs> um, so I know that many, many people suffer from um, from flight anxiety. And even with a baby, I mean, of course, it doesn't get better if you have a little, a little human on your side who, um, who needs your energy as well. Um, and it doesn't matter if you're, if you're afraid of flying because you're afraid that the plane will crash or if you're afraid of flying because you're afraid that your baby will scream the whole time or that, um, yeah, that you just like, how can I sit for 10 hours on a plane with my baby or with my toddler? Um, And you're maybe afraid that you will annoy, annoy the other people. So that was also a huge thing for me when I had my first flight with Luana. She was, um, I think, two months old, if even. Um, and we just flew from Valencia to Germany to visit my family. Um, and I was with her alone. And I was just so nervous about this first flight because I was like, oh my God, what if she screams during the whole flight and the people would just look at me and would just judge me and oh my God, what will I do? Actually, she was just sleeping the whole flight. Literally, she was, like she fell asleep during the start. She woke up during the landing. So it was, it was perfect. But another example for an irrational fear, by the way. But, um, Even if that happens, like just come up with a solution. Just think to yourself, like, what would I do if people, like, if my child would actually scream during the whole flight, would people actually judge me? Is that true? Or would people actually try to help me? Right now, I'm just at this point where I'm thinking that whoever is judging parents for their kids' behavior is just a really bad person, especially on a flight. I mean, life in general, but especially on a flight, you have limited resources, you cannot just exit the plane. And I feel like if people don't understand that um, you're trying your best always as a parent, I mean, no parent likes to be in a situation where their child is just crying during the whole flight, but it is like that sometimes. And sometimes there's just like no way out of it. And I feel like it's just so bad when people start judging you. So if people would judge me for that, I would just like, right now, I would just tell them like, hey, listen, I'm I'm really trying my best here. Maybe you don't have kids on your own. Maybe you don't know how it is, but um, you really cannot judge me for 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 this situation right now. Um, and I, when I was working as a flight attendant, I had once a passenger coming up to me um, because there was also like a child on during the flight who was just like cre screaming the whole time and she was literally telling me um sorry I'm so annoyed by that child can you please tell the parents that their kid should just shut up and I was like excuse me um that is just so rude like um the parents are probably struggling more than you are struggling right now how can you interfere in that And I mean, yeah, I get it. <clears throat> It's annoying for other people that are actually on that flight, but actually the parents are the ones and the kid who are suffering the most right now. So if people don't see that and if they don't support that, I just really think they're not good persons. <laughs> um, so yeah, just, um, try to see it from that point of view. Um, And yeah, just try to to ask yourself what you would do in that situation. I think also you know your child best. 
um, you can definitely stand up. You can just like rock your child. You can, um, you can take lots of toys into <laughs> the plane and yeah, you can, you will make it work. I'm sure like you do every day as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I know that this is like a very specific, um, circumstance where many people are afraid of because you're just like, yeah, like I said, you can't just exit the plane. But yeah, I always try to book flights that are during the night. I mean, that's not amazing for me because I usually can't sleep. Um, especially, uh, yeah, if I hold my daughter on my arms. I mean, now she's over two, so she will have her own seat. But before she was um, always on my lap. So I just, I don't know, I just couldn't sleep. But the good thing is that if you book a flight during the night, um, it's very likely that your baby will sleep. And I think that's more valuable than than your own sleep, <laughs> like always in motherhood. Um, no, but yeah, I had really good experiences with that. So highly recommend just booking a night flight. And, um, yeah, also I think for your, for your first solo trip, um, just make sure that it's somewhere that's maybe not that far from your home. Um, my first trip was to Italy last year in October, actually. And it was like maybe two hours, um, the flight from, from Germany. So it was really good. Um, I mean, I flew with her alone before anyways, but, um, still I just have this reassurance that I could just like easily go back home. Um, but yeah, I would just really recommend doing like a little trip, even if you are planning to go into full-time traveling with your baby or if you're the kids, um, just make sure to, to do a little trip beforehand to just see how it goes and how you are feeling about it. And I think it's also really amazing, especially if you have some fears still about um, traveling with your kids. If you just take a little trip that's close to your home for, let's say, I don't know, it only has to be like three or four days. Um, I think you will already overcome lots of these fears um, in these couple of days. And you will already outgrow yourself. You will already have to leave your comfort zone. And it's just an amazing preparation for further travels. So I highly recommend that. So I have one more fear that I want to talk about. And it's the fear of meeting other people. Or on the other hand, being alone when you're traveling solo. And for that, I can only say from my experience that I'm usually not alone although I'm traveling alone, which is funny, but we're just constantly meeting new people. I mean, it also, of course, depends on how open you are. I think when I started traveling, I was a bit more um, shy or a bit more close. Um, whereas now I'm just like really openly, like just chatting with people and just like going up to people and actually having a baby or having your child is making things so much easier because, um, yeah, I can just like compare it to the times when I traveled solo now without my daughter. Um, so when I'm traveling with her, she just usually is running around waving at everyone. So it's just really, really easy to, to connect with other people because she's already making the first step, <laughs> um, without it being awkward. Um, 
But yeah, when I was traveling um, alone after traveling with my daughter for like, I think half a year, I just took like a short trip to Barcelona where I went alone um, to visit a friend and she was staying with her dad. So um, I was just feeling so weird um, because I was thinking to myself, it's so awkward without her because I actually have to go up to people <laughs> um, and she's not making the whole work. So yeah, from my experience, it's just if you're traveling with your kid, it's just quite easy to meet other people because you can also connect to other families really easily. I mean, the kids would just like play together and just run up and, um, yeah, I mean, kids are so lovely with that. They can like, no matter where the person is from, what they look like, they just run up if they see another kid and they just start playing with each other. And then I would start chatting to the parents and yeah, it's just very, it's just already like always comes really natural. Um, to us. And I mean, then there are also, of course, times where we're just the two of us. Actually, right now, I'm just enjoying this time where we're only the two of us because um, I've been here for on this island for three weeks, almost four weeks. Um, and yesterday was the first evening after this whole time here on the island where we had dinner only the two of us I think or maybe the second time or yeah like it didn't happen often because usually we were out with people and I just realized that I actually missed that like just having time with her and just enjoying a dinner with her it's just really nice I always feel like I'm taking her on a date which is lovely um so yeah if you have that fear of meeting new people if you have that fear of being alone the whole time, I can just assure you that you will not be alone. Um, I think no solo traveler will ever be alone. I mean, of course, there are people who decide to be alone. Um, but even then, it would be so hard to not meet people, you know, because um, also other travelers are just being so open. And if you're staying in in guest houses or even in hostels, there are just like a bunch of people who are traveling as well and it's just so easy to to have a chat with them because you're basically living the same lifestyle so you have lots of topics to talk about and also so many people will be interested in you traveling alone with your child so usually it goes like that whenever I meet someone um, they would ask me where's the dad <laughs> or where's your husband <laughs> and I would be like oh there is no husband <laughs> um, we're traveling alone and they would ask me oh my god what's it like traveling alone with a baby so it's just like yeah always really easy to to have this first conversation and from there on, everything else gets easier as well. Um, but of course, um, I think it's also important to to have days where you don't have to socialize, where you just relax in your bed and watch Netflix. <laughs> um, especially if you're traveling full time like me, I just sometimes need a day or two to really reset. And then I'm able again to socialize. But yeah. Um, I think in my opinion, from my experience, um, this is also a fear that many people have that is quite irrational because also it just depends so much on yourself. I think that's something you have to be aware of yourself. You can go into this whole experience and be very closed and very, um, by yourself, but you can also go into this experience and be like completely open, just chat with everyone. I know it's, it's always 
kind of weird to make the first step to um, to start a conversation. And it still sometimes feels weird to me, but I'm getting better at it. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just there are so many things you can just chat about. And even if you're sitting in a in a cafe and you can just talk to the person next to you on the table and they would never... I mean, I, we often think in our minds that it's just weird to make the step, but I feel like for the other person, it's never weird. So even if I would just sit in a cafe and like the person next to me on the table would start to chat with me, I don't think it's weird. I just think it's super lovely. So um, yeah, just just think of that, um, how, how certain situations are maybe different in your mind, but it's actually not true. So yeah. Um, that's on overcoming the fear of traveling solo. Like I said, I'm going to sum it up quickly. First, you should think about, um, what fear means to you. So define your fear. Um, the second would be to, um, be very specific about which fears you currently have about solo traveling with your baby. If it's the fear of running out of money, if it's the fear of failure, which like I said, doesn't exist. Um, like failure doesn't exist <laughs> in my opinion, because everything is a learning. Um, is it the fear of meeting other people, of socializing? Is it the fear of, I don't know, being stranded somewhere, not knowing what to do? Um, and then just try to come up with solutions for these problems. And now I just realized I didn't talk about the the part of where you would just, like this fear of being stranded somewhere, not knowing what to do, being completely on your own. I mean, it's so unlikely that that happens. Um, but like I said, in my opinion, especially if you travel in Southeast Asia um, or in Europe, um, and I think it's, it's like that in every other country as well. There are always people, there are always locals, even if they don't speak your language, you will always manage to, to communicate. Um, that's so important. So I always have a SIM card. Um, so I can use Google Translator, but even if you wouldn't have service, um, even if you would be completely stranded in some village somewhere really remote, there would be still so many people who are very happy to help you. Um, I'm really sure of that. So yes, I hope that this episode really helped you with overcoming your fear of traveling alone with your baby. Um, of your child, please let me know. Um, if you have further questions, um, I'm really happy to, to read your messages and uh, yeah let me know how you like the episode and if you have any other fears maybe that I didn't that I didn't talk about in this episode um where you would need my advice on and yes I will see you here next week thank you so much for listening and yes thank you <music> Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you for being part of the motherhood revolution. Feel free to share this episode with your family, with your friends. If you want to connect with me on Instagram, please do so by at better since birth podcast. I will put the information in the show notes. And other than that, if you are, have an inspiring story to tell, if you want to be part of the podcast yourself, please drop me a message. I'm more than happy to welcome you here. And I'm wishing you a beautiful week and I will see you here next week.